Welcome to the Power by Belief podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. If you listen past this point, you may be inspired to do something that you never thought you could. You may even develop a belief in yourself stronger than anything you ever thought possible. And finally, listening to this may inspire you to chase your dreams even though you don't even know how to get started. We were all blessed with a unique gift that we're supposed to share with the world. So if you're looking for something to believe in, why not yourself? What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome to another edition of the Power by Belief podcast. This is your boy, James, a.k.a. The Pioneer. Man, it's been a little while, but today I'm back with a very dope episode with a very dope guest. Um, it's one of my friends. He is a musician, a skateboarder, an architect, a graphic designer. He does videography. He manages websites. He's a social, emotional learner practitioner. He's a friend, son, and just a dope human being. My boy, Alex uh, Casimiro, a.k.a. Alex the Creator. Welcome, my brother. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my pleasure, man. Thanks for coming, man. Uh, you know how we go, man. We always have these these conversations off the record, man. And I just thought it would be dope for us to just kind of record one of these conversations so that we can give the Power by Belief listeners, um, you know, some dope content, some great value, and a lot of gems, man. So um, I kind of gave them a lot of the the accolades of, of Alex the Creator. But um, go ahead and tell them who Alex is as an individual. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex Casimiro, Alexander Casimiro III, actually, full name. Uh, born and raised in Chicago, grew up in Pilsen, moved around a lot throughout Chicago. So I've been in Lincoln Park, Humboldt Park, Logan Square, uh, had friends hanging out in West Inglewood. I used to be in West Inglewood a lot, South Side area, um, but mostly West Side, North Side. Um, but overall, I've traveled a lot around the city. Um, I am a recent graduate. I just got my architecture degree, uh, associates in architecture, and I have three certificates in architectural design, technology, and building information modeling. And currently I am the lead mentor with Grid Grid Foundation where we mentor youth, either at risk, low risk, high risk. Um, and we teach them social emotional learning and more about what consciousness is and what paradigms are, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we can save that for a little later. Oh, well, well, no, man, I, I like you, you, well, thank you so much for that. Of course, I appreciate uh, you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, but um, you mentioned a word that I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with. You said we teach the kids what paradigms are. If you don't mind, uh, what, what is a paradigm? A uh, paradigm is essentially a multitude of habits that are fixed into to your subconscious mind. So we all have habits, negative, positive. And when you backtrack what a habit is and you break it down, a habit is just an idea that's essentially repeatedly ingrained in your mind, either through emotional repetition or emotional impact or constant space repetition. So we're essentially programmed to do what we do, behave the way we behave, think the way we think, et cetera. And there's a way to go about it to where we're in, more, more in control of how to do it internally rather than being affected by the external factors. Right. So basically, okay, because you, you know I love this part where I break it down. So you're basically telling me that a paradigm is 
a multitude of habits. You said that's a multitude of habits. So it's just a bunch of habits that we have that basically um, make us act the way that we act. Yes. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So um, I think that's very interesting that a lot of people aren't really in tune with who they really are as as individuals. Um, like even, uh, you know, even with you, um, I'm going to use you as an example. Uh, remember, we were flying with Fremi and he said, like, a lot of times people will they say, hey, tell me who you are. And people will go in and, and list off a bunch a bunch of accolades a bunch of stuff that they've done and and you know bob proctor one of our mentors he likes to call that the report card syndrome or the sales sheet syndrome where we're talking about all of the things that we've accomplished in the past that really have no real value of us today like yeah something that we've done and it's a certificate or it's a degree that we hold but that's just something that we've previously done that doesn't tell us who you are as an individual um so i think a lot of people miss that point and they just kind of get boggled down with society and all these labels, but they miss out who they are as individuals. And I think that's really what social emotional learning is about and the whole conscious space is about is really understanding who self is and also understanding how self connects with the mind. Um, and you know how the mind connects with, um, well, how our thoughts connect with our emotions and how our emotions connect with our actions and how our actions ultimately lead to the results that we want. And those actions usually being habitual and you not even realizing that you're doing this thing, but it's causing these issues. But um, again, I really appreciate you talking about um, what a paradigm is. Um, I guess, Alex, what is um, what are some of the, the paradigms that you're currently working on, either changing or strengthening? Because like you mentioned, there is negative and positive paradigms. Yeah, so um, a lot of the paradigms that I've worked on consciously right now and I'm continuing to work on are kind of like family generational cycle kind of paradigms. So like growing up, uh, I am a survivor of domestic violence. So I saw a lot of negative things in terms of like people acting on their negative habits, um, essentially just seeing how, how their behavior shapes the way that they think and because the way that they think they behave and feel like they could do certain things to people like um just being aware that my family had certain certain uh, perspective or limiting behaviors that wasn't giving them positive results and because of that that was not only affecting them that was affecting me the way that the energy was in the house like we would have to feel like we're walking on eggshells and we couldn't talk about certain things so like a lot of the paradigms that i'm i've broken and i'm breaking are kind of steep because they've been something that I've been watching constant on a constant space, like repetition kind of way um, for years. So like, if anything, I know what not to do and how to treat people in a negative way. And I never was able to figure out, or I never know, I never knew what it looked like to treat somebody positively or like have a peaceful household or having a loving kind of like relationship with my parents, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's something I'm fortunate to be have, able to have an opportunity to do right now because I've learned so much by going through it myself. Um, and what I've realized is that there's other people like me who either gone through similar things or have gone through same things, are either older or younger than me. But a lot of us, when it comes down to it, we don't know how to get out of a certain situation because we feel alone. And I felt alone for a lot of the experiences that were kind of traumatic and negative for me. Um, but 
I'm grateful to know that there's other people going through similar things and there's people who care about you. Like the biggest thing that I learned at Trident was that you don't have to know somebody to try to help them out. Like I was very like closed up and like, I didn't want to let my guard down. Like when I was talking to people, like I'd keep my story sh private. Um, but then I realized, well, who else is going to listen to my story? Like who else knows what's going on with me? Like I'm acting this certain way on the outside, but they don't know how I'm feeling on the inside. And I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily conscious of the association between my feelings and how I felt because growing up in like toxic masculinity, it's like, you got to be a man. Like you don't show emotion. Yeah. yeah. So there is, there's a lot of, in terms of those paradigms, like I, I'm, I'm, I have more feminine energy than you would say masculine, but I'm working on the masculine too, but that's because I was raised with a single mom. So that's all I know. Uh, I don't necessarily have males who are positive male role models at the time. Now it's a different story. I'm extremely yeah. grateful to be around so many positive and wise individuals that are just trying to better themselves, their family. And because of that, it's a ripple effect and it's helping me do the same thing for what I want to do in my family. Appreciate you sharing that. We always talk about how being vulnerable is actually a strength. It's a superpower. So it sounds like you realize that by holding in all these things that you had gone through, all these experiences, you ultimately were um, basically hindering yourself from helping another person. Because by you not expressing the way that you felt and how you triumphed, and even if you failed in some of those scenarios, that story or that that experience could help someone else that's going through that right now that could use that information and help them get through it so it sounds like you kind of had a realization whether it was consciously or unconsciously where you were like hey i need to kind of share my story so that i can help other people i think that's really dope um i think that's that's extremely dope honestly um thank you uh, you said um like because of the way that you grew up you were very isolated um, you know my story too, brother. Um, I share that, that similarity where it's like because of the way that the household was ran. And like you said, you kind of felt like you were walking on eggshells, egg excuse me, um, just because of the environment, the energy that was in the household. Um, how does just kind of growing up in that environment really affect one's kind of self-image? Um, and, and the reason I ask that is because we understand that self-image there's two self-images the image that we portray to the world and then the image that we hold inside so like the, the put together well-dressed guy you guys see on the podcast here the pioneer that's one but then there's another guy that's internal that that james is talking to all the time so how do you think um growing up in, in those environments affected um, your self-image or a person that grew up similarly to you, how did that affect someone's self-image? Uh, personally speaking, I had a very negative self-image. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't have a lot of faith. I lost hope a couple times because I was like, all right. And from a personal level, like I grew up in like a religious kind of household. So it's like, I'm being told about God and this and that. But then I'm seeing contradictions where it's like, all right, we're going to church, we're going to do that. But then when I come home, it feels like I'm living in hell. Like right. there is a big contradiction in terms of like, this is how we act, but this is also the side that nobody sees inside the household type of thing. Like, you don't, whatever goes on in this house stays in this house type of thing. Um, so that gave me reason to not really talk about anything that I was going through because I was told to basically shut my mouth and like just keep it going and just 
whatever you're dealing with, roll with it because yeah. nobody needs to know your business type of thing. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, I, I completely think that's valid, but there's certain instances, especially if you're going through something super negative or where your life is at risk, because there was times where either I was literally threatened by my stepfather that he was going to kill me or he was going to kill my mom or my, you know, just like certain things are, you shouldn't have to deal with, yeah. especially when it comes to being in a household that you're supposed to have two loving parents supporting each other. And just like, it all comes down to like, the person's paradigms and where they were. Mm -hmm. My stepfather, he was kind of institutionalized most of his life from going to juvie straight into prison. So he didn't really have a positive upbringing. And because mm -hmm. of all of his environment and the things that he had to do inside that environment, he was creating to, he was creating who he was later become. And what I've realized too, because of recent events that like he's in a broken cycle because of his paradigm, his mm -hmm. thoughts gave him his present results. And because of he's because of the way that he feels, if it's negative, then he's going to act negatively on those emotions because of the things mm -hmm. that he remembers and it led him back into prison. So it's like, currently, like if that person causes up on themselves, then like, for me, it gives me more awareness of like, okay, I could have these personal, like, all right, you did this to me. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to mess with you at all. But at the same time too, I have to have some kind of empathy, sympathy of like, mm -hmm. you're a human being too. Like you yeah. were, you were born in this world and you weren't given the best circumstances and conditions. And because of that, you become a product of your environment because yeah. you didn't know you're a product of your thinking. So me seeing that, I, I knew exactly what I didn't want to become. And I was having to internally figure out who I wanted to be in order to then be able to find experiences or opportunities that allowed me to actually apply what I desired to do. And that's the biggest thing. Like I had opportunities that allowed me to say what I wanted to be and do exactly what I was going to say. And that gave me clarity of like, okay, this is how it's done. I wasn't taught this. My, my stepfather didn't do this for me. But and I have I'm my older brother, so like my stepfather is my brother's father. So it's like for me, I'm in a position where not only am I worrying about myself and my self-image, but I have to make sure my brother knows that despite what we're dealing with and what we're going through, we can overcome that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter like the circumstances and conditions because you make your own circumstances once you come to a certain level of awareness and you literally are able to condition yourself to be whoever you wanna be. Whoever you wanna be. Man, again, that's powerful, man. But I guess, like I'm, you said so much, but like what I'm hearing is that your environment has a greater impact on you than heredity. So like who you're around has a greater impact on who you are than your family, like who you actually were genetically born to. But you do still have that genetic imprint within you. You kind of talked about, um, you know, because of, you know, the way that your mother was, you guys kind of just kind of in, innately did a lot of these things, like just because of the energy. It wasn't like you guys were taught these things. It was just the energy that was that was produced that made you guys feel a certain way. So you guys acted a certain way. I think that's I think a lot of people don't understand that how, how powerful that is. But the reason I wanted to talk about self-image is because a lot of people right now, um, again, I said that they're they're battling with who they truly are. But they have all these advanced degrees or they have these certificates that tell them like, hey, I'm super important. But they truly don't understand how powerful and how blessed and how perfect they truly are. 
Um, I joke and I gave you the name Alex the Creator because I, I read off of lit, the list of things that you do and you create. And I think that um, regardless of what a person's belief system is, I think that we were all put on this earth to do God's work. And I think God's work is to create and you're doing that. But um, I think also the way that we get to this point where we're able to do God's work is when we remove all of that virus code, all of those negative paradigms, all of those insecurities that have been fixed into our mind by people that, you know what I mean? They, they may have had, they may have intended to have our best interests at heart, but they ridiculed and criticized us. And that stopped us from really understanding who we truly were. And, and, and I can speak from experience, just similar to you, like you said, you, you grew up in an environment that wasn't really inducive to productivity or to, to, to achievement. Um, not saying that you guys weren't going to school doing good things, but it just wasn't good for your self-image. I come from the same kind of school of thought where my family, we struggled, we came from poverty, but my mother didn't instill in me um, that I can do great things. She kind of told me, you aren't anything, you won't ever be anything. Um, and, you know, we kind of heard that. And again, we talk about emotional impact and, and repetition, right? And that's how kind of paradigm is formed. A lot of times there's individuals that have parents that have constantly told them these negative things that have affected them in such a way that they don't even see it. And now that they're 30 years old with these insecurities and they don't understand where that's coming from, right? And that's where I get to this point where I say a lot of people don't know who they are. And I think with the work that we do, is very, very needed and it's very impactful because we help people understand how perfect, how true they really are. And I think something else that um, has to be understood, um, our good buddy Chuck said this in, in the podcast episode with them. When you understand self, um, or the more you understand self, the more you understand others. So once we really started to study consciousness, we started to study the mind, we started to understand how powerful the mind was and how that can literally manifest the results we wanted it literally made me understand that all of us have this capability all of us are perfect and able to do god's work which is creative but a lot of people don't realize that because again of family members that criticized them or them growing up in situations that didn't it, it pretty much made it seem like these things were impossible um but i guess for me um like even though you like i got a question i'm going into a question because i've been talking but um, like for you, even though you were going through all of that stuff, how did you kind of persevere? Like, how did you know that there was light at the end of this tunnel with all the stuff that you were going through, even though it didn't seem that way right in front of you? But how did you know that there was light at the end of that tunnel? So to be honest, I didn't. I actually, to be real, I didn't expect to be at the age that I'm at right now, 23, because of the stuff that was going around and being around, um, but one of the biggest things that's a blessing in disguise was my mom kicking me out of the house. Um, she realized that there's, I was getting to a point where she couldn't be able to like, not necessarily handle me, but like the help that I was needing, she wasn't able to offer um, at that time. So I'm very fortunate to have an uncle, which is, his, which is my mother's brother, um, who gave me an opportunity to kind of restart and finish my high school career because I was very close to dropping out of Morning West High School. I had like 80 plus truancies, 120 plus um, like late slips. Like I had never come to school on time and come in fourth period, fifth period, leave early. 
and just do whatever I wanted to do because I felt like, oh, you know, it's my life. I can do whatever. I had a very, uh, <laughs> very big ego and a uh, different perspective on life. Um, yeah, yeah. And now it's, and that's the thing too, like what a Greater Good Foundation does is what my grand, or not my grandfather, but is what my uncle did for me. He took me in and let me live with him because a Greater Good Foundation has a Greater You, which is a residential home in Gary, Indiana, for those that don't know. And they just finished their first cohort of graduates. So the boys yeah. that lived with them recently over the past couple of years, they successfully graduated high school. Um, whereas before being with the Greater Good Foundation, it wasn't necessarily something on their goal list or like something they thought they could achieve. Now some of them, they're working, they're doing what they want to do. Like yeah, high some school. Some of them have their own company. Some exactly. Them, yeah, like uh, X has his own. Um, Videography company. Yep. And then some of them are in college. Some of them are right. starting families. There's all type of stuff going on. But it's, they had a lot of great guidance. So I guess what I'm getting is you had to have people in place that, that were able to see a little bit farther than you. They yeah. To, they kind of knew yeah. where I was going. And they're like, well, you have this one opportunity. This is your kind of last chance before, like, you kind of get into actions that are irreversible. Like, um, so living with my uncle for the next two years, uh, I transferred out of Morton West uh, in junior year and then went into junior year at Lincoln Park. And for the next two years, I'm changing my paradigm because I'm not able to do what I want to do. I got school to prioritize i have chores to do like my uncle really set a structure where i didn't necessarily have that back yeah. here in berwin um and it's not that i necessarily didn't have it i was just very rebellious very like f this f that uh very anti-society in a way like i just because of my experiences it made me really jaded with my perspective in life and yeah. they actually kind of followed through to lincoln park high school and it prevented me from making really dope relationships i'm fortunate to have some of those relationships still but like being at at that time like if i knew what i knew now i'd make the most of it because i was over there thinking like oh i got my friend group back in berwin like i don't need to make new friends like i'm only here mm -hmm. to finish my education and then i'm out like these guys don't know what the hell i'm doing like what i've gone through like these guys are spoiled etc like limiting beliefs uh ignorant kind of uh perspectives that now i'm just like transparency like i'm a complete 180 from who I, I used to be and i'm fortunate because like i get to have clarity of both ends of the spectrum mm -hmm. um but yeah living with my uncle it allowed me to change my paradigm change the way that i thought i used to think oh, like all oh, rich people are kind of like they're rich because they family made it or something like it's like man like after rich whatever yeah. and it's not like that like they but yeah. my uncle's like bro how do you, do you know them? Do you talk to them? Yeah. Like they busted their ass. They went through their education you know for X amount of years. Hey, it's funny you say that. I saw something from Robert Kiyosaki uh, recently, and he said that poor people are the only people that think the rich are greedy because the rich people, um, they actually give something for the money that they receive. They give a service, they give a product. Yeah. Um, they're giving something. Only a poor person expects something for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it sounds like you were saying, like, they're just rich because they're rich. No, they're rich because they position themselves, at, you know, to become rich and become wealthy because they've had investments. They understand their cash flow. You know what I mean? But there are some rich people that just kind of inherit their money. Um, but uh, I just I just thought that was very interesting that you said that. Right. But, and that's the thing, too. I categorized a lot of people. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, it's like a one size fits all approach. And that's not the case. Like, you don't know yeah. where people came from. You don't know what they've been through to be who they are right now. You don't know if they're going through something and you just talking to them it's made their day better yeah
So, so was it just like your uncle um, that kind of, you know, gave you, gave you a little bit more of a backbone, more of a, a kind of roadmap that got you to change your paradigm? Or was it something else that, that allowed you to kind of see like the path that you were going down? Was it the right path? Uh, so a little bit of both. And I also have other uncles. Like when I was very young, I used to be on 21st Street in Pilsen right next to the, uh, uh, the El Milagro factory. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in the right, right, a couple blocks from Harrison Park in Pilsen. Um, but my, my, my uncles, I was always like looking to because he was a mechanic. He worked on cars, he worked on bikes. So like I used to draw the motorcycles and the bikes that he'd have in the shop or in his garage, which was a shop. And like, I didn't realize it at the time, but I wish I kept those drawings because at the time that I remember, I was doing really detailed drawings where I'd be like, yo, this looks just like the real life thing. What? But like, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't conscious. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just using my imagination. And you know what? It's funny. I'm sorry for kind of cutting you off a little bit. I forgot to mention this guy, Alex, also creates 3D images. He does 3D printing as well. I forgot that because you, you were just talking about the drawings of the of the motorcycles. I'm just thinking like, man, like I, that would be a dope kind of like just having 3D images of that, like a nice collection of all of the old drawings that you had from, you know, your uncle when you were a kid. Like you just imagine how dope that would be. Right. And then like, even it's just kind of like a, a thank you to your uncle kind of thing, like sending him some of those. And, and only if he knew about the drawings when you were a kid, you know how impactful that would be. Like, oh man, I can't believe Alex kept this and remembered that. <laughs> Like, that would be super dope, but it's a super dope gift. Yeah, that's actually the cool part. My uncles are mechanics, like they are some electricians, carpenters. So in terms of trade and like why I'm an architect, like, or I'm an inspiring architect, I have my degree, but eventually I want to get licensed in the state of Illinois to be able to do my own stuff and have my own practice. Um, but like a lot of what they do was trade related. My great, my grandfather served in Vietnam. He was a parachuter. He yeah so he jump out the parachute out the plane like he he was a parachuter yeah this I guess that's that's the name for it and then is he was it, also parachuter or like paratrooper I know paratrooper it's, it's probably paratrooper I'm, yeah, I'm misquoting yeah. that most likely paratrooper okay um but he was also a tank mechanic so like he was working on tanks and I was like oh you were an engineer oh that makes sense why I love building stuff like yeah. a lot of what my my uncles were doing. I was just collecting in and I was gaining interest because I'm like, oh, okay. And then I had certain positive events associated with those memories. So like now it's reinforcing what I do now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the stuff that really made me self-aware um, is the friend group that I was around because in high school, the friend group that I was around, I was hanging at the time I was like 15, 16, hanging out with other people my age, but also these people out of school who dropped out, who are 22, 23, 24, and they had a large influence on everything we do on mm -hmm. a daily basis, like in terms of where we go, what we do. Um, they they were kind of like the shot callers, and we were yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, blah, 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 yeah, cool. Because um, we were innocent at the time, we didn't expect anything. And then eventually from skateboarding and just having fun, it got into smoking and doing some other kind of like just there was there's a, a time in my like early years where I was a product of the experimentation phase when it came to drugs. So there's a lot that we did as a group that reinforced those negative behaviors, those paradigms made me thinking negative ways because it was done in a group setting. And like you had said earlier, like the people you're around have more of an effect on you than 
to genetics can yeah. have because yeah. like I may have been grown like raised in like families with alcoholism and like drug abuse or whatever, but I knew I didn't want that from seeing that in my family, but mm -hmm. I wasn't realizing what I was setting myself into, like what I was putting myself into. I was putting myself into a box with those same kind of uh, circumstances, circumstances and conditions. Yeah. And it really didn't hit me until I, I was getting ready to transfer out from Morton to Lincoln Park. Like, hey guys, like I gotta get my shit together. I have to finish high school like there's stuff that i have to do and these guys too they kind of saw potential in me and there's certain days where they're like no bro you can't do that or like go to school like because they got to a point where they saw the influence that they had on me and they knew mm -hmm. that it was negatively affecting me and they had thankfully at that time a conscious to be like hey let me not get this kid into a wrong path because like there's so much potential that he has and it'd be super sad for something to happen Mm -hmm. um and what reinforced that was after i left the freaking friend group um i told him like i'm not gonna be around in my like uh, i got myself i'm busy um one of my childhood best friends who i used to form bands with we played in the berwin battle of the bands and we got mm -hmm. third place when we were in sixth grade against college and high school people um we played at horseshawn production studio we recorded uh our our talent show. we did an eighth grade talent show together like i grew up with this guy um he lived a couple houses away from where i am now and his father and him was like oh you guys play music because it was me and my friend at the time Gio, childhood friend mm -hmm. um we were both playing guitar and just jamming at my house and then zach's dad's like hey my son plays drums like we should have like a little session just yeah, jam yeah. And uh, that really started off. We called ourselves uh, um, Forbidden Angels. That was <laughs> with a Z to make with it cool. Z. Yeah. So we were the Forbidden Angels. Um, and we used that stage name for a, a decent period of time until I actually started to feel like I wasn't being respected. And like there's certain things and this aided with like insecurity and my belief systems and everything. Mm -hmm. Like I would think people were taking things out on me when they weren't. Um, it was kind of either projections or just me overthinking it. Um, and that led me to leave the group and I just did my own thing playing music. And then um, fast forward, Zach actually used to tell me like, hey, your friends are kind of sketchy, bro. Like it kind of makes me think you're sketchy. I'm just like, wow. Mm. Oh, like I didn't really think about that. Yeah. And then it really made me think about, I'm not sketchy. like. These guys are sketchy as hell sometimes. Yeah, yeah. but I'm not sketchy. But then I'm like, yeah. it's by guilty by association. Guilty by association. That right. So You're it's in like, environment, so you must be birds of a feather flock together. So exactly. Like, hey. So I was just like, damn, I don't like that. So I had to, that was like another like, all right, let me stop hanging out with this group. But the, I guess the paradox or the irony, I don't, there's not necessarily a best word to describe it because of the the, the results of it. Um, but ultimately the friend who told me to get away from those people and like they're sketchy used to start hanging out with them when I got away from them. Mm. And I didn't know until things kind of hit the fan. And one day I get a call from my friend incarnation that a Zach's in the hospital. Um, last night he was at Frank's house and he, he took heroin in the bathroom and he overdosed. We thought he were good. We thought he was good. And then Frank had called me telling me the whole story. And I have it in one of my music books, a literally a, a timeline of like what, when it started and when it happened of like, okay, Zach was not waking up anymore on the couch 
um, irresponsive or whatever. And uh, ambulance came to pick him up, and they had assumed he was dead, like there on the couch, but he was kind of still alive uh, while he was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. He was just in a coma, but he, he was essentially brain dead. Um, so that experience really is one of the main reasons why I do what I do today, because not only were, were was he such a close friend and I love that dude a lot, like a brother, like a blood brother, um, but he also gave me the opportunity to express myself through music. And then when we're going through negative experiences with domestic violence throughout the years, he, he knew that he saw my household and we had similar households in terms of like what was going on, but they weren't the same, obviously. Um, so we connected on the like, yo, like I got you, like let's play music, let's just let it out through there. And that's why we can't we became so good on it. And there's actually uh some old videos of us when sixth sixth grader, sixth grader me when I'm like trying to headbang <laughs> and play and we're just like trying to stage, you see it just yeah, jumping yeah. around or whatever. Um, yeah. So it's like the biggest thing that I had to kind of it was like a not a culture shock, it was a shock, was like exactly like I'm playing guitar right here Mm -hmm. Zach's in the back by this curtain and like we'd always do the shows so when it came to be when when we had to have a well when there was an open cast for Zach um I asked his dad um do you think I could play you know electric guitar like one last time like I feel like that'd be one of a one of the best ways for me and people to remember him by us just like finishing it like we started with just playing music um but it was like really surreal for me and I had to like get myself together while I was playing because it's like here's this guy that used to play bands with always looking back on your right and this one time you're looking back on your right but he's no longer with you right um but because of his influence you you want to be able to send him off with like a going away song and it was a song that I had come to dedicate I I found a version of it on uh it's it's a song by David Michaud Mm-hmm. which is a, a artist, a recording artist. And I took that song and I broke it down into what the various chord variations were and the structure, and then just added my own taste to it. And that's what I played for the, for the funeral. Um, but yeah, that, that experience really broke me because I'm like, if it, how, how close was it, was I from that? Like, right. I know I wasn't, I, I knew better to get into any hard drugs like that. Um, but I also knew the environment wasn't good. So I had to get out of it. So to see, to see my friend be the one who used to tell me to get out of the environment, to be in that environment and then become a victim or become a circumstance or just beca- become something else. Yeah. Become a, a circumstance. Yeah. yeah. Um, it really made me take my, my, my life seriously. Like, yo, that could have been me. I would not be able to do the things that I would be doing if I was in a different position. Um, so that that's one of the really defining moments and that really lit a fire under me of like, I gotta take my life seriously. I gotta figure out how to be more positive. I gotta be a better version of myself, not only for myself, but for Zach. And the thing is too, Zach had a younger brother and because of Zach passing away, Zach's younger brother felt like he couldn't live on in this world without his older brother. Mm-hmm. And in 2019, in August, actually, well, this month, um, he took his own life. And 
that also crushed me too because his brother was the bassist in our band when he was seven when we were sixth grade so like i grew up with both of these kids see them grow up to be the young men that they are and because of what they thought they couldn't get help for or they couldn't talk to anybody they use certain substances or uh behaviors or actions to take it into their own hands and not going to lie, in terms of mental scars, I feel like there's a lot more mental scars that are harder to cope with and deal with than it would be physical scars. Mm -hmm. But that's subjective, of course. That's from my experience. Um, and like those things, like I wake up every day, like I'm so happy and grateful to be alive. I'm so happy and grateful for breathing because I know Zach wasn't breathing when I found out about him. And it's just like I'm appreciative of my friends and my family. I'm grateful for peace at home. I'm grateful for all of these things that I have an opportunity to pursue because I was very close for, I was, I had a fork in the world and I had to pick and I was fortunate enough to have enough guidance to pick the better of the two. Yeah. No, man. Uh, first and foremost, man, my condolences to both of those guys. Cause I actually didn't know. Um, I didn't know that. So like, it's, it's crazy. Like when you really, when you really listen, like somebody will really tell you everything like that you want to know. But um, just hearing that um, and just hearing everything that you just said, like, it just kind of goes back to what we were talking about with repetition and emotional impact and how you change a paradigm because you kind of got smack dab with both where you had this new routine of going to school, doing things right, having chores, building the, the habit, the new habits. But then just as you're, you're kind of making a transition, bam, emotional impact, you know, your, your friend, he overdoses um, because of the drugs. And then, you know, a little you know, year or so after that, boom, you know, the, the little brother takes his own life as well. So it's like you were hit with the repetition and emotional impact of a particular way of living. So I think that like, man, just going through that, it, it just it just speaks volumes to who you are as an individual because you made a conscious choice not to allow this obstacle or this situation to break you, but rather it propelled you into the work that you're doing now which is helping other people through similar situations, right? Because again, we understand that we don't understand, well, we don't know the, the, the value or the effect that an experience that we have can have on someone else. Like literally, we may have the Da Vinci Code, the P, I mean, excuse me, the piece to the puzzle that, that people need to finish this thing called life. But if we don't go ahead and be courageous and brave enough to take that step and walk in faith and tell our story. Like, man, like we're, we're, we're hindering again, someone else's progression. Um, and we're allowing somebody else to fail um, simply because we weren't courageous enough to tell our story. So I definitely, um, I thank you brother for telling that story. Cause again, I didn't know that. And I do appreciate your vulnerability because again, that is going to be strength to help, um, you know, one of our listeners or many of our listeners, um, get through a situation that they may be dealing with. So again, um, Alex, I appreciate that. Of course. Um, I just kind of changed the temperature, man, to get like, it's, 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 it's not necessarily sad, man, but it's just like, it's, it's, it's necessary, man, because it's a part of growth. Um, we all talk about like in some shape or form, you have to go through something before you're able to really evolve. Because if you're kind of content with the way that things are going, you're going to continue to do the same thing. Like until there's something that happens that completely changes the way that you view life or that really shakes things up for you, you're going to continue to do the same thing. Um, 
and Bob talks about it as being, um, you know, tr like going out and setting that, that seagull, that goal that, of something that you want. And if it doesn't scare you, um, you have the wrong goal. So it's like, even just in life, like if you're, if something you're doing isn't scaring you, um, obviously you, you're going in the wrong direction. Um, I guess, again, I said, I want to kind of change gears a little bit. Um, you actually had an opportunity to, to fly a plane um, with flying with Fremi with me um, a couple weeks ago. Um, talk about that experience from your perspective. That I couldn't sleep the night before. I was very excited to attend and do that yeah. when like really good yeah. events happen. Um, even for birthdays or whatever, it's like, oh, it's my birthday. Oh, I can't go to sleep. Um, but yeah, the experience, um, I actually don't have a large fear, but I grew up having a fear of the swing. Like my my real, my biological father used to put me at a swing shit at a certain height where I'd be mm. like scared, like I'd fall back. Yeah. And he'd do it just to like get me used to whatever. And uh, thinking about it now, like he was putting me outside my comfort zone and like exactly. he was helping me grow. Um, because I also used to have a big fear of roller coasters. And then I went to Six Flags one day, I went on the X flight and I'm like, oh my God. I'm never doing that again. Um, I, ha I don't think I've been on a roller coaster since, to be honest. That was like eighth grade. So um, I'm not a big fan of roller coasters. Kind of a little telling. Um, but yeah, so when we went to Lansing Airport, I, I didn't know what to expect, honestly. Like, I kind of had it. I wanted to do myself a service. So like the day before, I have this Oculus Quest 2. So I put on mm -hmm. a little like virtual reality simulation of what it's like to be in a small plane's cockpit with like four people or whatnot. So I got like a kind of reference of what it was going to be like, but obviously virtual reality is nothing like the real experience. So yeah. like, I was kind of like shocked when I was like really in the plane, like, oh, this plane is kind of small. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just me, whatever this plane is made of and in the world, like, that's crazy. Cause like normally when I used to fly, like uh, in, in 2019, uh, sidetrack, uh, at Trident, I was in a lot of leadership positions, and one of them was being the president of the Honor Society, a Kai Zeta chapter of the Phi Theta Kappa International Honor Society, which is an international honor society for people who have 3.5 GPAs overall, cumulative. Um, and once you're a member, you're a member for life. So like, even though my GPA went down because of what I was going through at home, I was still treated and i was like you, you or i was told well you got to 3.5 at one point this semester those other semesters you're you, you're a member ever since that semester happened um so i only say that because going back to the flying with Frimi, it gave me a certain awareness of like all right if i'm doing this videography thing like and 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 those little events that I had to do, how do you get the perfect picture for like promotional things? Like how do you showcase best what this experience is? So like a lot of what I was able to do that day, um, I have different experiences from Trident that allowed me to like, just use like my tool, like little toolbox of like, all right, this is what I know how to do from the past. Is this the right tool for this opportunity type of thing? Right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, so being in the plane it was surreal because it was kind of hot too and i was wearing pants so like that was that was a different experience but yeah. ultimately like i didn't expect to be so comfortable like i knew i was going to be flying and i was the last one to fly so i think that kind of prepared me too because i was up in the air two times prior and i got a good understanding of what i could expect even though i was kind of busy just like taking pictures yeah, and doing your thing yeah um 
I still had to like, I still wanted to be present. And that was kind of like the hardest thing. Um, but then it wasn't because I'm like, I'm in a plane, like, oh my God, like, yeah. whoa. Um, so when I actually was able, when it was my turn, um, I grew up playing GTA San Andreas and like a lot of the Grand Theft Auto stuff. So like I used to do the fly school a lot and like yeah, yeah. I, I treated the the plane actual control, like the plane's wheel. I don't know what it's actually called terminology wise, but mm-hmm. the, the steering. Um I treated it like a like a gaming controller. Controller, so, yeah. So it's like I was told from from George that if I go right, I'd go right a little bit. But then because it's sensitive, I'd have to go back a little bit to level the plane out and then vice versa. So if I wanted to go and do a circle or like a UE, I just have to go like this and then hold it for as long as I want to until I have the, the certain degree that I want of the plane. Because mm-hmm. um, you can make up to like 45 degree angles, which he did at one point. And I thought I was like, I was like screamed to like plane mm-hmm. and just looking straight down. I'm just like, yeah yo this is insane because yeah. it's like oh it's just me and this piece of glass and in the world yeah and in the so world like, yeah right and so then like, you like 2500 feet in the air right too. And, <laughs> and then going back to like the ptk stuff uh i flew to florida for the international convention in 2019 and like that's a different experience because i got the window sheet the window seat view but there's like Lots of feet of man, lots of feet of man metal between you and then there's the wing and like there's yeah, insulation yeah. and there's there's a lot more. So like it was it was really up close and personal. It's really like being in a car that flies because it's like you're in the back. Like for most of the time, you're just kind of in the back seat doing your thing. But it's 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 literally like a flying PT cruiser as far yes. as the size is concerned. Yeah, like people don't realize like me and George are in the front seat. I'm literally shoulder to shoulder with this guy. And we're flying a plane and like bro like people don't know this but like pilots job are, is, is extremely easy like for the most part like yeah you gotta know how to, to take off and how to land but once the plane is in the air man the plane is designed to fly like it, it literally is gonna just do its job and, and that was one of the hardest things for me to grasp in the air because you heard uh like you heard for me um he just kept saying like like it's designed to fly like literally i can take my hands off the wheel and even though we're turning, at some point we're gonna come back even. Like it's just it's just designed to do that. He was like, and then as we're even like this, the only way that we'll change direction is if there's a strong enough gust of wind that hits the one of the one of the wings that change our direction. But for the most part, the plane is gonna go directly. Um, it's gonna be level and it's gonna fly. And then you know just to bring that into kind of the conscious space the cybernetic mechanism that Bob Proctor talks about, where he talks about it's like the plane is designed to fly. And and to bring the bring it full circle, the cybernetic mechanism goes directly with your self-image. Like you are designed to do exactly what you're designed to do. Um, we talked about if you grow up in an environment that's not um, conducive to productivity, then you're going to be designed to have a, a low self-esteem. You're going to have um, low self-confidence, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you're going to, you know, you're going to see yourself as less. But then on the flip side, if you grow up in the environment where you're poured into people are telling you every day that you're important, that you're worthy, that you're smart, you're more likely to grow up with an understanding of who you are and what you're truly capable of doing. It's just, it's just simple math, honestly. But just going back to the flying with Fremi thing, like it may like, Bob Proctor's analogy made more sense after flying with Fremi because Fremi was literally just telling me like, bro, 
like it's gonna fly like i'm not doing anything bro he was like my job is easy like this thing is gonna take me where i need to go now if it goes off target i tap it back on target and it's gonna keep going like it's designed to do that and and that's that's pretty simple so i was like darn it that's crazy but like nothing really prepares you for that like even you talking about you were doing the virtual reality the day before like nothing truly prepares you for the the weightlessness of sitting in this seat and literally feeling your feet under you but like and, and, and george explained this a little bit where he said you know you'll have your feet on the ground but you it feels weird because you, there's nothing under you really and then he's like if you look down you're going to be disoriented and you're probably going to puke because it doesn't make sense. You're gonna think down is up and up is down and left is right and it's not gonna be. You're gonna be disoriented because when you're in the air, a lot of things don't make sense. And um, I, I joked with you the other day when I was like, I, I posted a quote that you said. You said something about realizing how out of control you were being in the air. Um, and I misquoted you saying that, but again, we were talking about how vulnerability is, vulnerability is strength. I think basically the premise of what you were saying was that you had to be very vulnerable to put yourself in this situation of flying a plane, having no experience whatsoever. But what happened for us was that this experience was something out of our comfort zone. So it allowed us to see the world in a different perspective. So now after the flight, you know what I'm saying? We're having a conversation and it's just like, it's almost like because we were up in the plane so high, we were vibrating that high. And it's like every conversation that we had after that, the, the vibration was here. Because I remember you telling me it was like, you were like, man, the music was perfectly going to, you know, the conversation. It's like as you were talking, the music was 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 flowing with the conversation. It's just like you were we were we were vibrating at a certain frequency, and it was just like everything was in harmony, man. And it was just like I think because of that experience, like again, since we all went out of our comfort zones, because I definitely have a fear of heights. Like I'm not even finna sit here and sugarcoat like oh maybe maybe not like I, I dislike heights altogether like uh roller coasters i've probably been on two of my entire 26 years of living like two and um i did that just on a i didn't want people to think i was a punk and uh, my cousins were getting on so i'm you know what i'll do it and it was i mean it was it, it, it was it was it wasn't what i expected as far as like i thought it would be like a lot crazier um but this wasn't a a roller coaster at Six Flags. This was in like Wisconsin Dales, so you can okay. kind of see the level of difficulty at this roller coaster versus going on what you say the X flight or X flight, yeah, yeah, whatever that is. I can imagine that being completely different, a completely different experience. Like the giant drop, something that simple. Like I couldn't even imagine that. Um, I, ironically, I'm gonna go zip lining uh, next Monday. Next Monday, so that's another experience. Like, and, it, and for me, man, it's like. I'm trying to challenge myself nowadays, man. Like I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone, do things that I'm not used to doing because I understand that that's going to help me grow because that's ultimately the the goal, right, um, is to develop personally. And I'm going to do that by doing different things that stretches me as a human being. I think a lot of people should take that approach. Um, but then and you talked about being the, the lead mentor at um, a Greater Good Foundation. Um, just just kind of talk about your experience as a mentor with them, um, especially after being a mentee yourself. Um, and then I guess talk about the mentee perspective and then give us kind of a, a look at what your your perspective of being a mentor has been and what that experience has looked like. 
Yeah, so I, I was fortunate to meet a greater good foundation through my mentor, uh, Corey Williams. Corey was the Dean of Students at the time at Trident College in 2016. Gotcha. Um, and he was actually the founder of the Trident program. The Trident program is some, a program that I graduated from, and it's actually Trident's undergraduate men pursuing higher education. I think it kind of changed a little bit now, but nonetheless, it was for males who didn't have a positive support system, who didn't necessarily have the best financial awareness, didn't have the best scholastic awareness, the best personal development awareness. So this was like a big brother kind of thing. Um, yeah at the school and I was interested because it was for men of color and for minority men. So I'm just like, I fit in that category. Like, let me see what it's about, but only mainly because Corey's like, well, I created this thing and I think you should be a part of it. So I went to check it out and then Corey's like, oh, I got some guys I want to meet you or I want you to meet. And I'm like, at the time, I brought my guitar because I'd bring my guitar to school just between passing periods and just play. Um, mm. But I, I met the greater good guys. And the first thing I do is like, hey, I'm Alex. Can I play you a song? And so I play <laughs> a song for them. And then they're like, wow, that was different. I don't think yeah. I don't think we've ever had that. I was like, yeah, you know, like Corey told me about you guys. So, I mean, ultimately, I didn't know what I was walking into or else I probably would have uh, went harder into paint. Um, but I was like, oh man, these guys are cool. And then I went to the meetings, they're talking about like, what is this? What is consciousness? What is vibration? What are some of your habits? What are some of the things you wanna do? And there's some videos on their page or whatever from years ago where I'm like, I wanna be an architect. I wanna go back to my communities and get back to those who don't have the resources and don't have the opportunities or the awareness that I was able to obtain um, in order to be more successful and just understand of how a different way of looking at things. Uh, now it's kind of weird because it's like I spoke that into existence because yeah. I'm just doing that. Um, not a licensed architect yet, but one of the biggest things too is just because you have a title or et cetera, you don't have to get a title in order to do what you want to do. Like you could exactly. embody who you want to be, and then that other stuff comes later for societal purposes or for. And I think I think I think you're doing that though. Like you said, you wanted to give back to people, um, you know, from your community that didn't have the resources, and and now you're Tyler. I said Tyler, excuse me, Alex, the creator, right? Yeah. Because now you're like all of the stuff that you do, um, in one shape or form, is giving back to to people that don't have that opportunity. I mean, I think what's even even doper for for your you know you and myself. Basically, people are seeing people from their communities do things that they they did, couldn't even imagine doing, and I think that's dope because we all understand the principle of uh, a a kid can't be what a kid can't see, or really just a person can't be what a person can't see. So now they're seeing someone that comes from um, the Berwyn you know community that's a, a minority brown male that is making things happen, that's creating something out of nothing, right? And that's really impacting lives. And and I'm telling you, five, six years ago, you, you well, I can't say you wouldn't imagine that because you did imagine that because that's how it happened. Um, yeah. But it's just like the stuff that you were going through, it was just like, bro, like, it, this, this can't be it. Like, I have to have more in the tank than this. Like, I have to have more potential than this. And I think that's, that's important, Mike. And I think that's, like true achievers always kind of understand that. And Bob Proctor talks about living from the inside out, 
versus living from the outside in, understanding that even though my circumstances on the outside aren't ideal right now, I know that I have everything within me to make the outside circumstances everything that I want it to be. Um, one of the big principles is that your outside world is a reflection of your inside world. So I, it just sounds like originally your inside world was very chaotic. And until you started to meet the right folks that had the right information, um, you then start to improve upon your inside world and then your outside world began to improve because it's funny, sounds like you always were gonna be a creator of sorts. You talked about, you you drew the, the motorcycles from your uncle. Um, you talked about your, your uncle being an engineer and you just kind of soaking up and being around that and loving that. They, they they were creating. They were they were they were creators as well. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like you were you were destined to kind of do that, but you didn't even realize it. It was ingrained in you. It's like unconscious it. manifest destiny, kind of. Exactly. Vibe. It was like it was meant for you to do it. And I think sometimes that just that's just how it is, bro. For me, I grew up talking my ass off. Like I would like I would get in trouble in school because I was always talking to somebody. Like I'm like, hey, you know, <laughs> what you doing after school? Like, yeah, yeah, you. And with the girl, oh, yeah, bad. Yeah, I'm going to the basketball. Like, bro, TJ, James, stop talking. Like, bro, like, <laughs> she was like, I can see you having a, a career in broadcasting because you were always running your mouth. Like, so much so, she called me broadcaster Turner every time I walked in her class because I was talking. Oh. And look at the look at you got now with a podcast. So it's just <laughs> like a lot of times, like, who you are is already there. Like, like what, what does Bob talk about? Nothing is created or destroyed. It's just transferred. Everything exists in one state or another. We just have to raise our conscious awareness so that we're able to receive that thing that we want. Like a lot of people out here looking for the answer. The answer will reveal itself when you're ready for it. Um, I have this big kind of uh, philosophy I live by where it's that opportunities don't happen. Opportunities are created. And it's when we prepare ourselves thoroughly that the opportunity will present itself. I talked to you about meeting Darcel, you know, like two years ago and not really being ready for the opportunity that she presented to me. And then, you know, I bumped into her a couple weeks ago with my awareness a lot higher than it was two years ago. And it was just crazy how I bumped into her and, and what she's doing matches exactly what I want to do, which is impact the youth and get into the schools and impact youth. But, um, it was just dope. And I was just like, man, like, it's just crazy how that happens. And just like you said, a couple of years ago, you talked about being an architect and then all of a sudden, haha, or you being being some form of a creator or, and helping, helping your community. And here it is happening. Like a lot of people don't understand that, that your thoughts become things like, and that's how, that's what that you have to live from inside out, man. And, and you got to believe that this stuff is happening. That's what power by belief is all about, man. It's the act of believing in oneself. And then believing in oneself so much that you force everybody else to believe in you. Like nobody or not everybody is going to see your vision because they can only see with their eyes. You're seeing with your mind. You know, we're aiming 10 years down the line. A lot of people are seeing what we're doing today and it doesn't make sense to them. You know what I mean? And it's just crazy because we don't look at things as far as, as how much time we give to it. We look at how much attention we give to it. Right. And if we're giving it a lot of attention and intention to the things that we want, Man, those things are going to come before we know it, but we have a long-term view versus what we're doing now. And so a lot of stuff we do right now, Alex may confuse a lot of people. It might not make sense. <laughs> like even this podcast, a lot of this stuff, this episode, a lot of stuff going to go right over their head because they like, what? That sounds crazy. I have no idea. 
what they're talking about. But five years from now, this is going to be a clip that folks go back to and be like, oh, man, those guys were talking about that and how the, the thoughts create the emotion and how the emotion creates the action and how the action creates the results. And then they're just like, dang. A lot of people keep wondering why they're getting the same results because you keep doing the same thing you've been doing. You expect that. Um, That's the definition of insanity, right? Literally the, the definition of the insanity. So I kind of mentioned us thinking five, ten years into the to the future. Where do you see Alex the creator five to ten years from now? So five to ten years from now, I will be 28 or 33. And so with what I've realized and come to gain an awareness now is that I could close the gap between what I know and what I do. Mm. So I have mm. clarity in what I want. And I know what I want. And it's more black and white. So like currently, I'm everything that I'm doing is are they're all foundational steps, even before where I'm at now, like these are the things that got me here were also foundational steps that I had to like, all right, let me do a little bit of this. Let me do a little bit of this, let me start this out. And then somewhere along the line, I could draw lines to each other and have a whole umbrella of everything kind of relative to each other. Um, and this all started, um, and I, I want to mention this because this is a big factor of why I became an, I wanted to pursue architecture. Um, at Lincoln Park, I had an opportunity to try out to apply for this ACE Mentor program, mm -hmm. ACE Mentor Chicago. And it's a ACE Architecture Construction Engineering. It's a after-school program that CPS uh, has in their schools, but it's basically a whole bunch of licensed professionals already in the field, 20, 30, 40 plus years experience. Um, they essentially give high school students, especially those coming from rough areas who don't have the resources, who are of color or minorities, um, especially uh, minority women, um, an opportunity to see what the industry is like, because in the industry, there's a lot of white demographic. And mm -hmm. so we're underrepresented in, in the industry, uh, let alone being a female of color, a female minority trying to be in the industry because it's male dominated. And, you know, we have a male dominant society, a patriarchy. So like, this program is essentially there to create a bridge and a pipeline for those who wouldn't necessarily have the connections to do so. So during the school year of 2016, uh, I was a senior. I only had one year. And that's the crazy thing. If I didn't take this opportunity, like I, I was one decision away from somewhere else. Um, this one decision really shaped everything for me because during my senior year, I was given a hypothetical product to work on one of the bridges downtown. I believe it was mm -hmm. either the Canal Street Bridge or the, the State Street Bridge. But essentially, we'd meet at an architecture firm or a different firm in construction engineering or architecture industry. And they'd host us for the day or for the evening after school. We'd have lunch, we'd talk, and then we'd go about the project. We have a hypothetical project working on a hypothetical design with a hypothetical client, hypothetical money, budget, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, so it gave us an understanding of what the process is like to actually do it. And it's like, oh, I could do this. Like, oh, this is all that. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. This stuff is kind of complicated, technical, et cetera. But for the fact that I have an opportunity to see what it looks like, mm -hmm. that's way more than what most people would be able to have an opportunity for. Um, exactly. So because of my the way that I, I carried myself and everything during that school year program, I, got, I was given a $5,000 scholarship to go to college. Mm -hmm. um, and it was broken over four years. So every year I'd get 1250. And so that really helped me. I didn't, I'm, I'll, I'll get to that, but yeah, so I got the $5,000 scholarship and then I also got 
uh, internship to a design build, the summer design build. And essentially, oh, this gives you a summer workshop for seven weeks. You work with real professionals. You work with a real client. You get a real budget, budget typically around four or $5,000. Um, we get a lot of donations. So there's a lot of people helping and supporting this program to make it work because mm -hmm. materials expensive, like pieces of wood, especially now in the pandemic, like the stuff that you would normally pay $400 for could easily reach a thousand dollars plus right yeah, now easy, because easy. of everything, logistical reasons, everything. Um, factories were shut down. They stopped producing certain things. So they had to ramp it up and now there's a back order, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like a lot of things have changed, but in that design build, um, there's other stuff that benefited from that. But one of the biggest things was my love for creating and building something and helping people and like create a space for them to enjoy because we were at the home and rail farms and uh, uh, yeah, home and rail farm in North Londale. So the old mm. Cirrus tower building, Nicholas tower, that's where we had our, our, our charrettes and our brainstorm meetings with the client. And then on the railroad tracks, it's, it's not being used as a railroad anymore, but they have mm -hmm. the garden area and they wanted a little pavilion area. They could sit, they could teach the kids about actually growing the plants themselves, how to actually, what the process looks like, so potting the plants, watering, et cetera. Like they're getting a crash course of how to create their own sustainable food systems because in that area, it's a food desert. So there's only fast food places. There's no fresh produce places. So mm -hmm. Um, they'd have to go outside of the neighborhood in order to get access to those things. So if we could teach the youth, especially just people in that community, how to grow their own food, they're becoming more self-sustainable. They're not to rely about going to fast food places because there's certain fast food or junk food that lowers your vibration. It's that everything, we have, everything has a frequency and we have everything. to be conscious about what we eat, everything, basically anything that deals with our five senses, we have to be conscious about what we're attracting or we're letting in through them because they have a vibration and they could mess up our overall internal vibration, which affects our external vibration, et cetera. But to come back to it, um, so that was summer 2019. I was able to get the client, the, the project done, um, but I was a student. Then in 2018 and 2020, I came back as a teaching, a teaching assistant. So in order to be a teaching assistant, you have to go to college in one of those fields of the three um, or related to that and then have one year of experience at school to come back. So it's like, all right, you're doing what you're saying you're doing, like you're going to school for this. We gave you a scholarship for this. Now you could come back because you're doing what we'd want you to do in order to continue your little pro professional career. Yeah. Um, so it was actually at the school that I applied to, um, which for different reasons, I didn't get accepted to, um, Illinois tech. So the Illinois Institute of technology. Um, so in 2018, Illinois tech, the wiser Institute in particular was our client. Like literally the school was our client. Mm -hmm. So it kind of blew my mind. Cause I'm like, dang, I want to go to this school and bam, I'm on campus right now, building a project in an area that I'd probably dorm at getting connected with people that I'd probably have to make connections to understand and meet in order to try to get my foot in the door at that school. So it gave me a, a, like a real self-awareness of like, yo, like what you're doing is preparing you if you make the right connections and you do things a certain way, because it's, it's not what you do it's how you go about it a certain way. Exactly. Um, you could set yourself up to be in preparation before you have to execute because you already have the resources, the connections, you know who you need to talk to for when the time comes. So we were able to complete another pavilion. This time it was more of a leaf shape. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
that was a really great experience. I really got to understand what the school was like. And I also saw certain things that I didn't necessarily like. Um, so it gave me a good clarity. I'm like, is this a school for me? Maybe, maybe not. I still follow through with the school. Um, like I said, life is giving me different experiences that I actually need. So it's like, if I'm not going through what I'm going through now, maybe I never would have had the opportunity if I actually was in school right now at this time. Um, and the, the best thing is I'm a college graduate. So it's like, I could apply to university again next year. Like it's, it's not like the world is over. Um, and it's giving me time to really understand what I want and like how I want to go about it without any influence or pressure of like, dang, I got this assignment due at 1159. I got to put it yeah. on Blackboard. Like, man. Um, but yeah, so in, in that first 2016 design build, I got a scholarship or in, it was an internship. So I got a scholarship of $1,200. So now overall I'm at, let's see, $6,200, right? From this organization. Then in 2018, I have a, because I'm a TA, I got $2,500 scholarship. Mm. So bam, I'm almost at like, I'm at nine something now. And then in 2020, I got another $2,500 scholarship. So a lot of what I've able to do is because this organization invested over $10,000 in my education through scholarships. If I didn't have that money, I wouldn't have had the confidence to go to community college because I personally couldn't have afforded it. Like, even if I was working a job or not, like I knew that it was going to be a lot of money and I don't, I wasn't sure if I was going to go through with it. Right, right. Then the scholarship came and gave me the opportunity. Then I found out about financial aid and the way I had it set up, I got it set up to where I was fortunate to be able to get most of my tuition paid for. Like this last semester that I had for graduation, the only thing I had to pay was $200. Mm. and that was just out of pocket i was like yo i didn't have to pay out of pocket all five years and you know that's the biggest thing with the stigma of community college is like you go at your own pace i was going through domestic violence i was going through stuff in a relationship i was going through stuff at home people were like i was losing people i wasn't in the best mental state i took some semesters off like i'd rather be mentally okay than try to push through with a bad mental state yeah, trying to get an yeah. a in class like that doesn't fly with me like how can i do that i can't All right um so yeah a lot of the experiences are because of a because of the ace mentor program and they showed me exactly how i could help people through my skill sets and i'm like yo okay if i could do this and you're teaching us how to actually uh model design build measure like all these skill sets that you'd only be able to do if you're if you're in the field it gave us a, it's essentially a simulation to what i wanted to do and that's how i look at it like it simulated what it was going to be like and if we really liked it we could follow through on that um on that uh, desire. And so throughout the whole time, I was going to architecture school at, at the community college. And then I realized, oh, I need to get to this, or I was at a point in architecture, like the world where it's like, oh, I gotta get to this point in order to do this. And then with all this stuff happening, and then I found a greater good foundation. I'm like, well, I'm mentoring the people in the space and in the communities that I wanna build stuff for. So if anything, this is giving me a better understanding of who these people are and what they actually need, because I could build whatever we could build whatever for a community, but if it's not going to help them and benefit them intentionally, then what's the point? 
in my in my perspective it's like if we have an opportunity to create and we're creating with some like bogusness like like i'm very intentional when i create music because of binaural beats the frequency of certain songs will make you think a certain way the lyrics will if you if you're not consciously rejecting it you're consciously internalizing it and subconsciously internalizing it so if you feel happy when a certain song or artist comes on then you already got hooked and if they're not necessarily saying the best things or it's toxic or whatever xyz you're going to start thinking that kind of way you're going to start doing those kind of things and it just it goes from there it's a cycle and it's a ripple effect um so with music like i'm very intentional like i want this frequency to be this i want them to feel this like if if i feel contrast and something then i know that's not something that's going to make somebody else feel good um and that's the biggest thing like using my own experiences to kind of like all right if i know myself and if i'm transparent with myself and i'm not lying to myself then i'll be able to really understand who i am right. and by that i know other people they want to be happy they want love like there's so many things like there's so many things that we all want and have in common but we don't necessarily speak on but like the right. ultimate moral values etc like there's you can say there's a a general not necessarily guideline but a set of conditions and circumstances that are ideal for individuals yeah it's like this is maslow's hierarchy of needs everybody exactly. wants security food comfort um so we it's just basic needs that everybody wants exactly um, so just real quick um i just got two 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 quick questions um so what advice would you give a uh, younger alex um on this journey of, of personal development and self-awareness or just um an individual who would like to to get into architecture like what advice would you give them what kind of mentality do they need to have and what will it take for them to really be successful so on a mental level it's having the belief in yourself making sure you 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 think you're capable of handling it um because architecture is very very rigorous like the deadlines like you get an assignment today be like tomorrow i want four elevations two floor plans uh one section one render and then you have to make a model all in one day and yeah. i'm like bro i got like 24 hours i got less than 24 hours you want me to do all that yeah. but i didn't know the process now i could do like oh that's it that's all you need okay that's cool um but like in terms of time management is a big one um i wasn't necessarily the best with time management but i i learned mm -hmm. the hard way because my architecture coordinator was also my teacher so oh, she yeah. she's been she's been a licensed architect doing like kitchen bathroom renovations and modeling and stuff like that with another teacher for like 20 plus years they have their own practice etc they've been on magazines whatever but the biggest thing is the humility with all of this because i realize a lot of architects a lot of people in the creative sector they have an ego they're like oh yeah i did this i built that whatever and her she's like yeah, I did that. That's not important. What's important is that those people got what they needed. And exactly. I didn't do that. So like, don't just by being who they were, they gave me a good example of what to kind of replicate because I didn't want to be the architect. I'm like, you know, yeah. like I'm hot stuff because it's like, no, bro, like what you have is a responsibility and you got to exactly. take your responsibility seriously because you're going to make somebody act through and behave a certain way and yeah. you're in control and you have the intentions to be whatever like if you want them to walk through that way you have the power to make them walk through that way you want them to experience this you have the power to make them experience that yeah. like 
low low ceilings don't necessarily have the best um emotions associated to it and then like if you go to church you got very high ceilings you feel like you're connected on a spiritual level like everything's designed a certain way yeah, yeah intentionally yeah. everything's intentional like uh, that's the biggest thing like even if you don't think there's an association somebody made that road the way it was they made it that yeah. long because they had to make it that long etc exactly um so just having the belief in yourself staying having humility with that like yeah you could draw and whatever but a whole bunch of other students want to be architects too there's a yeah. very competitive field going on and you're in architecture school so you're only around other people especially if you're one of those high achieving architecture students mm -hmm. where it's like you got your stuff in a row you're working two jobs like you got your responsibilities managed like you know this is when you could do this um it really helps i would also say failure is something to prepare for but not necessarily an expectation but just as a as a like a cause and effect like you're gonna fail you're gonna have teachers say oh your work is shit. yeah you're gonna have some teachers rip your work up in front of you you're gonna have teachers break your models in front of you and it's like yeah you could argue with whatever but like in the real world just situations that you're not going to be prepared for and you have right. to be able to handle it with your toolbox so it's like they're giving you an understanding i'm like okay yeah all right this is how i behave or react or not not no i should i should i shouldn't say react this is how i respond this is how i respond to this person because i've yeah. come to learn because of my own experiences that if you react to a person you're giving them power but if you're responding to somebody you're keeping your power to yourself sheesh um sheesh that was so a that, that actually that was, that was a that was a bar alex hold on, <laughs> hold on one second what what did you say alex because i i want to make sure that the listeners were able to actually hear that and internalize that could you say that again for me yeah so when you react to somebody's actions or react to somebody in general you give them the power because you're, you're using your attention and you're focusing on them but if you're responding to them then you're thinking about it before you go about it like a reaction for me like if somebody smacked me in the back of the head like maybe two, three years ago, I'd go ahead and just bam, smack him right back, you know, because that was my paradigm. Now I'm just mm -hmm. like, bro, why'd you have to smack him in the back of the head? Like, I don't have any reason to do that to you. And I know that if I react to you, then you're going to be smiling because that's the action you wanted that's out the of action me. you wanted. Exactly. Right. You have control. And, and it's like, they want to, they want me to bring them down to their level. And it's like, no, like bigger man, bigger person. Like, ultimately, I just want to keep it neutral. Shout out yeah. to my, my friend, uh, Jesus, keep it neutral. That's one of his channels. Um, that's one of the things he does. Like he doesn't keep it like neutral. Like if you stay neutral, you're gonna be cool with everybody. Like just being yourself, being authentic. Like you don't have to act a certain way. And that's the thing with architecture school. People come in super sophisticated, or whatever. I'll come in sweaty as hell just from skateboarding. Like, all right, we got some projects to do. Let's go. And I'm just like, bro, like I'm breaking the stereotypes of what it is to be an architect or whatever. And even then, like I didn't know what it looks like, and I get to make it for myself. Um, so going back to it, belief in yourself, being able to have time management, getting your, your habits and understanding your habits, also being aware of your shadow side, like the things, you know, you shouldn't do the temptations that you lead into. Like if you're aware of that and you could have the discipline to not act on those things and have delayed gratification, that thing will bring you so far because like, I think it's funny there's something you guys talk about like when it comes to financial awareness like unless you have a plan for your money it's only going to go to the the feelings and emotions that you have in that moment so it's like if i delay my gratification i could go out to eat right now or i could save up my money and i could go to an even better place that i've never been to etc or like 
if mm -hmm. I want to get uh, just basically just saving principles, etc., cetera, uh, et cetera. So despite all of that, the biggest thing too is like, how do I keep going too? And I think that's one of the things that I wasn't really conscious of. Like I had a burning desire because I wanted to be better and I knew I wasn't the best person you know, a couple of years ago. So it's like, I got me to hold myself accountable. I'm like, hey, you know exactly what you used to be doing at Where this time. Go. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I really think that the listeners will really get some value and some gems from that because um, again, it all starts with our habits, but we have to understand the habits, um, the effect that those habits are having on us and then consciously observing that and then understanding what it is that we want. Like you said, that desire and then actively moving towards that desire regardless if we know how um, we're going to accomplish it or not because as we all know as we raise our level of awareness everything and everybody that we need will come to us when we need it when we're prepared for it um so again i do appreciate you sharing that um and again i know our listeners got a mouthful but a lot of gain from us um and then at this point um i just wanted to open up the floor for you and, um, you know, if, if any of our listeners wanted to get involved or wanted to tap in and see a lot of the dope stuff that you're doing, whether that be, um, you know, your music, your skateboarding, your graphic design, you know, primordial primordial knowledge uh, or primordial eye gaming um, or any of that stuff, how could they tap in with you? Uh, yeah, so I have uh, four different accounts. I usually use Instagram mostly because it's the best form of communication in my uh, in my little thing that I got going on right now, but my main, my personal is Alex Casimiro. So A-L-E-X-C-A-S-I-M-I-R-O underscore A-G-G-F. That one will do kind of direct you to everything else because I post everything else on my other pages on that page. Um, my music stuff is Sarzen Stone, S-A-R-Z-E-N-S-T-O-N. You'll find a upside down pyramid with a ring on the profile picture. Uh, I also do some gaming stuff, a little gamer, uh, Primordial Eye Gaming, so P-R-I-M-O, I should say Primordial Eye Gaming, P-R-I-M-O-R-D-I-A-L-I-E-Y-E Gaming. So the next one would be Primordial Knowledge, and this is where my graphic design, 3D printing, architecture kind of stuff calls under, and that's Primordial Knowledge, so P-R-I-M-O-R-D-I-A-L-K-N, or honestly knowledge so primordial knowledge okay. yeah that's how you could get in touch with me um i'm an open book so feel free don't don't be a stranger love love and then um i'm also gonna add um all of his um his social media um handles in the show notes as well so that you can easily grab that so that you have it um yeah man so here you go listeners another dope edition of the power about belief podcast with another great host another great friend. Uh, you know how we always like to leave you guys with our, our mantra, and that mantra is, if you're looking for something to believe in, why not yourself? This has been your boy James, a.k.a. The Pioneer, my boy Alex. Appreciate you again, man. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Yeah, man, it's been love. It's been a pleasure, man, but we'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Peace.